0: Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready to do any good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, to be gentle, and to display every courtesy toward all people. For at one time we ourselves were also foolish foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by many kinds of evil desires and pleasures, living in malice and jealousy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward mankind appeared, he saved us, not by righteous works that we did ourselves, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior so that, having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs in keeping with the hope of eternal life. This saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things, so that those who believe in God are intent on keeping busy with good works. These things are honorable and useful for all the people. But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, rivalries, and quarrels about the law, because these are useless and fruitless. Reject a divisive person after a first and second warning, because you know that such a man is twisted and is sinning. He condemns himself. When I send Artemis or Tychicus Tich- to you, make every effort to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Do your best to help Zenus the lawyer and Apollos for their journey, so that they are not lacking anything. Let our people also learn to busy themselves with good works when urgent needs arise, so they are not unfruitful. Everyone who, Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. This is the word of our God. As Paul concludes his letter to Titus here, he turns his attention a little bit further out from the doctrine of the faith to the application of that doctrine in civic life and we see that sound doctrine produces sound civic life. Members of God's new people are to be obedient to the governmental authority, to be active and energetic in the pursuit of civic good, that is, good for my neighbor, good for my community, and living as a good and godly upright citizen that we are to show all people that gentle and winning Christian courtesy, I suppose, which has been built into us by the goodness and love of God our Savior, as Paul talks about in um, chapter 3, verse 4 here. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward mankind appeared, that that... Kindness and love toward all people is directed toward each of us specifically and as he goes on in the following verses verses five through seven, talking about that kindness and love applied to us individually, especially through baptism and he takes up kind of the order of um, the order of experience of salvation as the Christian has experienced it in verses five through seven because in baptism, the Christian has been buried with Christ and has been raised to an, a new life with him. And then the blessings of the cross and resurrection are, are ours through this washing of rebirth and renewal, this washing of regeneration. In baptism, we receive the Holy Spirit who leads the Christian in the Christian heart and guides according to the word of God um, into all truth and glorifies and points to Christ because that's the work of the Holy Spirit to direct us to Christ glorifies Christ and in whose, into whose name we were baptized under the Spirit's guidance then the Christian through God's goodness and God's grace and his word the Christian is led even more fully to recognize what it means to be justified by grace to have a present a present life that is unburdened by past guilt and to live in a resilient hope of eternal life as um We've got that paragraph right here, verses 5 through 7. And notice the order, the progression. He saved us, not by righteous works that we did ourselves, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly for through Christ Jesus our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs in keeping with the hope of eternal life. And that's a logical order, even though from God's perspective, it is as accomplished and done as the day that you are baptized. But Paul kind of breaks it out here into a more logical order so that we see the specific application. And we have a little bit more understanding, I think, here in, in what he's talking about. We have a little bit more understanding and patience with those who are earlier along that track, so to speak. And for those who are new to the faith, that yes, there's still a, a high standard for, for what we are to believe and teach and for how we are to conduct our lives. And we don't want to, we don't want to encourage open, unrepentant sin. And at the same time that you have given, you've been given new birth through the baptism by the Holy Spirit, that means that you have a resilience and a hope that you have been, um, you are a person who is not bound by your past, but rather you have a person who is looking forward to the future. And the eternal life that Jesus has promised to us in the future is something that is our possession now, something that we both look forward to and we possess now, although although we don't possess it in all of its fullness now. um, Obviously, we still have to deal with life in a sinful world. We have to deal with the sinful flesh. We have to deal with the temptations and the accusations of the devil. But at the same time, having been justified by his grace, we remember, we keep in mind that we are heirs having this hope of eternal life. And so Paul says this saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who believe in God are intent on keeping busy with good works. That is to say, the reality that you have a future eternal life in heaven does not, and that that future eternal life has been entirely won for you by the work of Jesus Christ, that you've been washed and justified by God's work, that does not in any way exclude the idea of good works. Rather, that present and future reality means that The life that you live here is a life lived to the glory of God, that it is a life filled with good works according to your vocation. And we've talked about that concept before, I believe, that idea of vocation being basically the different hats that we wear, the different responsibilities that Jesus has given to us in life, um, particularly, and and I kind of think of it in concentric circles, that we think of the vocations of the home that of of spouse or of parent, um, maybe grandparent or other extended family. And then the next circle out from that, the vocations within the church as a church member or serving in some capacity. And then outside of that, vocations within the community, that of somebody who carries on an occupation or a job or a career, somebody who is an active community member with community service or other community activities, somebody who has your own personal community of friends and, um, and people that you like to get together with and to support and to encourage. And thinking about those vocations as the, the place, the avenue, the, the area where you exercise your good works to the glory of God. We don't have to hold up some, something that you're not doing now and saying, oh, if only I could do that, if only I could go on a mission trip, if only I could um, you know, help out with the Central African Medical Mission or whatever the case may be. If only I could do that one thing, then then I would be fulfilled and then I would have a vocation. No, not at all. All you have to do is look at the people whom God has given to you. Look at the people whom God has brought into your life and the the things that they need from you, the responsibilities that you have toward them, the, the blessings that you bring to their life and the blessings that they are to you. And blessings that are unique to you and unique to that specific relationship. And so Paul says, that is what you have been washed for. That is the purpose of your justification. Yes, the overall goal and purpose to bring you to heaven, to give you eternal life, to make you a possessor of eternal life even now. And that's that's the reality from the moment your, your spiritual life began at baptism that at baptism, because God is the one who keeps you in faith, God is the one who keeps you in this faith, um, preserves you in that faith, and if he does do so, you know, through your continued contact with the means of grace, if he does do so, then even when you die, your life with Jesus doesn't end that the life with Jesus he began at your baptism is the life with Jesus that continues into heaven. And so in that sense, you and I are possessors of eternal life now. We have eternal life. As our Gospel reading said this past Sunday, he has crossed over from death to life. And so, who is it that needs your good works? Who is it that God has brought into a specific and unique relationship with you or only you? Um, maybe you think of who is the the spouse where i'm that person's person you know i'm that person's spouse Um, who are the children who or the grandchildren who are in your life now that you can serve with love and good works how can you encourage that neighbor that friend how can you serve and assist that shut-in member or if you have a minute um How can you, yeah, how can you reach out to somebody from your congregation that you haven't seen in a while to say, I miss you and how have you been? Um, I don't want you to get caught up by the busyness of this world or by the worries and concerns of this life because Jesus has made us for more. He has washed us. He has given us a washing of rebirth, and He has given us renewal by the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit He has poured out on us abundantly through Christ our Savior. We have been justified by His grace. We are heirs in keeping with the hope of eternal life. My guess is that once we start getting into those topics a little bit more, how do we exercise our vocations? How do we carry out godly living within the home, within the congregation, within the community? That as you get into that topic, um, there's a lot more that could be said. And uh, coming up in the next week or so, you'll have a preview episode for an occasional feature that we'll be featuring here at the Raised with Jesus podcast. Uh, You'll get to meet my wife, Desiree. And we're going to talk a little bit about marriage and some different aspects of of marriage and different elements of life together at home under the Lord's grace. And so we thank you for joining us here today at the Raised with Jesus podcast. Um, And as you go about your day, as you go about your day, um, just keep in mind, who are you? You You are one who has been saved, not by righteous works that we did ourselves, but because of Christ's mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He has saved us for eternal life and to carry out good works here to his glory. Thanks so much for joining us. God bless your day.